Hey, I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to my adventures in homebrewing. Hey everybody, it's Dan, and it's that time once more to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thanks for joining me this week. Uh, first things first, let's say thanks to uh, Todd and Josh for being on the show last week. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, homebrew happy hour guys are fantastic. Had a really great time. Uh, too bad we weren't able to see James because James was the main reason behind me getting my all-in-one electric system. And uh, if you haven't checked them out, please do. They are a wealth of knowledge. You're in definitely gonna have a great time and um yeah you you won't stop laughing let's leave it, leave it at that so guys thanks a lot and if you have a chance please uh uh send me some questions that i can fire off at these guys you can contact me at uh, my adventures in home brewing uh, at uh, gmail.com uh, you can get me through facebook messenger you can get me through instagram uh, i believe also if you go on spotify if you look up where you listen to me on spotify there's a link where you can uh, click on and also leave me a voice message that i can actually include in the next episode if you so wish uh you can also uh, get a hold of me through apple podcasts anchor and, or whatever it is that you actually use for your podcast listening so guys um yeah so let's cover a couple of bases here real quick um so we're gonna go over a couple of things this week uh one uh my brewery died, completely died, believe it or not. Uh, the thing actually just up and died when I was getting ready to go to the bowl. Everything was going freaking fantastic, and then it died. Uh, and then also, we're gonna also going to cover uh, the data from the vanilla bourbon stout experiment that uh, Escarpment Laboratories is helping me out with. So without further ado, we are going to start with the actual bourbon stout. Uh, so if you give me a sec, I will share my screen. There we go. So, sorry about that. So as you can see here, here is the, the data for the vanilla bourbon stout. Uh, as you know, I use two different yeasts. I use the Irish ale yeast from Escarpment Laboratories. And over on the right, I use their sterling yeast. I should have marked it in where it said beer, but I didn't. So as you can see, everything was pretty much consistent. So if you look at the current uh, fermentation rate and things like that, everything was pretty much uh, rolling, rolling along pretty well. Uh, everything seems to be on par with each other uh, and also the ABVs are pretty much almost exactly the same only difference is if you look at the, the attenuation rates it's only off by maybe uh, what 10 12 10, maybe 0.3 of, uh, of a degree so not a whole hell of a lot and then if you look up here or look at the the standard gravities. The gravities are pretty much the same as well. Uh, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of difference. I mean, the fermentation rates are are almost exactly the same, except for a point zero 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 five percent of of a percentage rate, uh, and then durations. While well, I let this one go a little longer, just to make sure. Uh, well also because I was kind of lazy. Uh, and then uh, here, 
you looking at your gravities again, and again, they're pretty much exactly the same. The low, low ends are, are off a little bit, but not by a whole hell of a lot. And yeah, so things actually worked out pretty well with this. Um, Everything was done uh, under using a, an airlock for Mozilla's. There was no pressure fermentation. As you guys know, I'm pretty much a big fan of it because I can bang out a beer within a, like, a couple of days. But I didn't with this one. So with that said, um, I'm very happy with this. So right now what we're doing is that we have the actual beer in kegs. Uh, it has had the bourbon added to it. It's had vanilla bean added to it. And it's also had about 35 to 40 grams worth of oak chips that have soaked in the bourbon added in as well. So everything has been put in through a mesh bag, tied off, and then left in the keg. So now I'm just letting it age as much as I can. I actually have to do a sample today. Uh, today is actually the 20th of April. So it's been, things have been sitting in there now for a couple of weeks. So I actually really do need to do a test and see what's going on. So I have found after a few tests that I've done is that the body of it, or I should say the mouthfeel, it actually feels kind of thin. And that may be due to the fact of me putting the bourbon straight into the actual keg and vice putting it into the fermenter. So I'm not exactly sure why that is, because when I actually tasted it coming out of the kettle, uh, when it was cooled, uh, I did my uh, the actual gravity readings, and that was a really nice, thick feeling stout, really nice. And as you can see, it was a Russian Imperial. Uh, you can see that the ABVs are uh, right on on target. Um, I have heard that people are saying the beer is going to be dry just because of the attenuation rate. I'm not finding that right, to be honest. I'm finding that the, the beer is actually a little bit more on the sweet side. And that's probably due to the fact that I've added in that bourbon and also the vanilla bean. A lot of natural sugars in those as well. Um, so that's where things are right now. Uh, I'm hoping to have uh, Richard and uh, Jonah from uh, Escarpment Labs on the on the show to talk about to talk about the beer and also have give them some beer to try and that way you be on the show and also at the same time have the guys from straight out brewing company on the show as well to talk about it and see what's going on from there so that's everything right there for the vanilla bourbon stout so the next big thing uh, we are going to cover or is it is this beast so last weekend not this weekend past but a week before uh, I was in the garage in the brewery and I actually was making the very first beer I ever made on the Robo Brew, which was a uh, ESB, an ordinary, uh, special ordinary bitter, uh, a bass clone, whatever you want to call it. It was a really nice British bitter that I enjoy. And I remember having uh, as one of my very first beers when I moved out and I really enjoyed it. Um, so everything was going along really, really well. I was all the way through the mash, all the way through the all the way through the sparge. Everything was going great, and then it came time for the boil. So I'm getting ready to go to boil. I have paused uh, the actual uh, the actual elements. So you can push pause and it turns everything off. Uh, went and flipped on the actual switch for the thousand watts because if you, those of you know, if you have a Bruzilla uh, of the uh, three point one point one 
I believe that it's what it is. Um, the Gen 3s that were before that, um, you, actually, they're, they're all five gallons or eight gallon units. Um, I heard this really wild noise come out of it. And as you can t see from the circuit board in front of you, it fried. And it was like, ugh. So now I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm a little concerned. Um, I'm a little concerned of the fact that I'm in the middle of brew day and I cannot for the life of me figure out what, what's going on. I had, didn't know this was fried until uh, I, I was done for the day. I cleaned everything up and I took the Rubo brew apart. So what I had to do is I had to go old school. And going old school meant was I had to use the actual camp stove I used to heat up my sparge water. So thankfully the canning pot I used, the big black uh, canning pot was already empty. Uh, it holds, I believe like 18 liters of liquid. So I was on, uh, had a fair bit in there and got it up to a boil, did the whole nine yards the way it was supposed to. And then I cooled it, transferred it, and went from there. There were a few boil overs. Things took a lot longer because I was using propane and on a camp stove. Really, the surface area trying to heat that much liquid up with a little camp stove is quite the undertaking. So it took a while. Now, I've moved on to after I've cleaned everything up, everything's been transferred, everything's been patched, nothing's been contaminated, I hope. And uh, we're going from there. Now, what I've done is I've actually gone in and I've taken the bottom apart, taken everything apart, and I actually saw that circuit board was all fried up. So now I'm having to figure out how am I going to save my robo brew. So what I've done is as I actually went to Ontario Beer Kegs, which is a homebrew, online homebrew store here in Ontario, uh, and I bought the new screen and the new circuit board to revive my Robo Brew. So now I install everything according to the manufacturer's directions and everything else, and I'm getting a a crazy error code E3 saying that, uh, you know, make sure there's water, make sure there's this. And I do, I put in about 10 to 15 liters of water because the minimum amount is four liters. Fill it up. I'm still getting that crazy error code. I can't figure out why. And then I, uh, I, I've talked to people online. I talked to the manufacturer and the, what I got was, well, it sounds like you've done everything short of going to an electrician to figure out what's going on. I don't have time for an electrician and I don't want to have to fork out money for an electrician because it probably cost me more than buying a new unit. So I went and bought a new Bruzilla. I just actually, as of today, I just went and passivated it. So now I'm just letting it dry out and then I'm going to sanitize it. And then we're actually going to go and we are going to make another beer on that bad boy. So hopefully things go well over the next little bit. Now, once I got the new unit, I took its bottom off and I went inside. Now, if you look inside, they have the new circuit board and I traced all the wires on the old one to make sure they were going to the spot they were supposed to according to the actual diagram that uh, Robobrew or I should say Kegland puts out. Everything was right except for one wire according to what the new one was saying. So I moved that one wire over, attached it, whatever. And I figured, hey, this is going to work because I can get power to it. The pump works. 
the screen fires up. So there is power going to where it needs to. It's just the elements won't turn on for some reason. So what I've done is, is that I move that one wire over, everything comes on, and then I smell burning. The elements are gone. <sighs> of all the things, I finally feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to live and it completely died. So now what are we going to do? So I've taken out the new screen. I've taken out, I actually put a new thermal circuit uh, breaker in. And I also took out the new circuit board. So those are now spare parts for in case anything should happen to the new unit. I have the parts to fix it and bring it back to life. Go team. But I have the old RoboBrew. What am I going to do? Well, I think it's going to become an HLT now. So what I've done is, is all the wires and things in there that I don't need, I've taken out, I've removed the actual pump. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out a way where I can actually wire a, uh, a power cord to a switch and then the actual pump to the switch and attach those two things, the pump and the switch permanently to the table I use. That way, all I have to do is fill it up, put in a submersible hot water heater and go from there. I think using a submersible hot water heater would be in the long run a lot easier and safer than trying to put one in where the actual, uh, I think, sample valve is, um, mainly because I don't want to have to deal with anything that could possibly go wrong. Uh, I'd rather know that things are where they're supposed to be and everything is all good. So that's what we're going to do. So now what I have to do, if anyone has any suggestions, please let me know on how to wire a magnetic pump to a power switch to a power cord uh, that I can turn this into an HLT would be highly beneficial. I'm totally up to open to suggestions. Let me know. Um, send me pictures, send me ideas, send me a schematic with really good instructions because just looking at a schematic, you're going to blow my mind. Trust me. I'm used to making things go boom, not making them work. <laughs> so please let me know what you think. Um, so that's what's going on there. Um, let me know what you guys have gone through with your adventures. I mean, this is a totally different world for me where something's broken, and I, at least in this realm, where I've actually been able to fix things that I can't fix this. So I'm very curious to what know, to know what other people have experienced with these all-in-one units. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are fantastic. They are the best bang for your buck if you're just starting out. And to be honest... It's great to be able just to clean it up and put it away at the end of the day. And it doesn't take up a lot of room. And it's a lot easier to, if you want to brew inside, you can take those into your kitchen and hook them up to your sinks. It, they're like a godsend when it comes to home brewing. As long as if you're living with someone, they don't mind the smell of malt and wort and stuff like that. I brew out in the garage because I, I understand my wife doesn't like the smell of it. And that's totally fine. So yeah, I, I'd really like to know what people think. Um, I have had a lot of good, good uh, suggestions from friends on Facebook and thank you guys, especially Al and a few other guys from uh, the members of Barnley Mint and on the Aurora Brew Canada's user group on uh, Facebook. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. 
And uh, I'd be interested to know what other people think. So this is gonna be a short one this week, guys. Um, I wish I had more to say, but other than the fact that my Roma brew died and I'm getting ready to use a new one, um, yeah, not a whole hell of a lot's going on. Uh, I think the next one that we're going to do is probably going to be a Berliner Weiss. So I've ordered uh, the wheat malt that I need and the hops and also the uh, the sour Philly uh, that I'm going to use to make this beer. And it's gonna, probably going to go inside of a carboy. Why am I putting it in a car, inside of a carboy? Because the glass is a lot easier to clean when it comes to when you're using a souring product, especially if you're going to be using things like PBW and things like that, and a lot of hot water, uh, because it's not porous, like, uh, say, uh, stainless steel or plastic, because if either of those get scratched on the inside, you're pretty much pooched. With the actual carboy, you can't get in with a hand, so there's nothing in there that can scratch it. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, it is a short, it is a short one. So thanks for tuning in and having a beer or two along the way. Let me know what you think. Leave me a review. Leave, uh, leave me a comment. Also check me out on YouTube because that's where some of these videos go as well. And, uh, if you follow me on YouTube, like, subscribe, and also leave me a comment because uh, it goes for to help me know what's going on. Again, thanks a lot for coming along for the ride and I'll see you on the other side.